Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, also, I'm not the first one, but let me also say happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there, and this is a special day, not just to honor fathers, but because we get to gather in the name of Jesus, in his presence, and it is different when we gather corporately together. We could do this anywhere, but it's special when we can come together and do this together as the body of Christ. And so thank you for being here. And so whether you're joining us here today in physical person, you know, all that stuff, or some of you are joining us online by audio or by video. So yes, I can't see you. You see me. That's weird. But anyway, we're all good. Um, So thank you for being here, however you're joining us. And we want you to know, this is really important. We know it's important to you, but we want you to know it's important to us, that this is a safe place for you, no matter where you are in your journey with God, in faith. Even if you're here and you're like, I don't even know if I have faith. Even if you're here and like, oh, some of you are like, you're, you're all in, you've been following Christ for like years, maybe even decades, all this stuff, that's awesome. But if you're here and you're, maybe you're new in your faith, you're kind of in, new in this faith journey, or you have a ton of questions and you kind of haven't quite figured out where you think and where you fall on this whole Bible, God, Jesus thing, that's okay. We're just glad that you're here. What better place for you to be to have those questions and try to answer those questions? And so thank you for being here. This is a safe place for you. Um, So last week, we started a brand new series that we're in. And this is going to be one of those longer series because there's a lot of topics that are going to go into this series. And the series is very simply called Different for a Change. Different for a Change. And what we're talking about in this series is very simple. We are talking about how is God asking us as followers of Christ to be different? How are we called by God to change who we are, how we live our lives, what we do in life, how we view life, how we do life, everything about life? How do we, how do we do this thing called life, but how do we do it differently so that we do it faithfully for God? That's what we're asking in this series. And and it's very fitting that this is Father's Day. It's very fitting that this is Father's Day. As you know, my dad passed just uh, a little over three weeks ago. And uh, and this series came out of words that he wrote four months before he passed. He he was writing about how blessed he felt and and, and the life that he has gotten to live and all those things and, and how faithful God has been in his life. And he ended that writing by giving a list of 12 things that he said in his words, he titled it, Things I Would Do Differently. And he wrote 12 things that he would do differently, 12 phrases of what he felt God was asking him that he could even do better, that he could do differently in his life. And so the 12 words, those 12 things that my dad wrote have become 12 topics in a sermon series that we're going to talk about this summer. I can't think of a better way to start Father's Day and a better way to start a sermon series than with these words that he wrote. In fact, this is really cool. I was running through the message last night and my phone went off because I use my phone to time it. I'm not sure if I even use it anyway. You guys don't think I do, do you? (laughs) You're like, you don't look at that thing. Well, I do. I just go... Yep, I'm longer still. (laughs) 
But I time it, and so my phone dinged, and after I was done running through the message, I saw, you know, that something came through. And so I kind of finished going through and praying and doing all the stuff that I do, kind of preparing for this morning. And this was late last night. It was like 10.30 at night, something like that, 10 o'clock, something like that. And, uh, and I looked at the message, and it was from a guy in Nicaragua, from the country of Nicaragua, who messaged me. And he said, I just want you to know that we just finished having a celebration for your dad here in Nicaragua. We just celebrated your dad. And I just, it reminded me of how powerful his life and his influence and his words are. And so today, we're gonna start with the first phrase that he wrote because his, wor- his words are literally going around the world at this point. And so we're going to focus for the, this summer on these 12 things that he wrote down. And the first one that he wrote down that we're going to spend our time on today is this. Things I would do differently, he wrote this. He said, speak less, listen more to others and the Holy Spirit. Huge. Also kind of ironic that it's me that I'm talking about speak less, listen more. <laughs> If you know me, you know why I say that. In fact, let me be honest with you that as I dug into this topic early on this week, like way back on Monday, I was starting to pray and research and and think through what, God, what do you want me to say on Sunday? I realized I was in over my head. on this topic. And, and the, one of the reasons I knew I was in over my head is because he said, speak less, listen more to other people, to others, and to the Holy Spirit. And what I realized is I had two sermons in one week, and I only have time for one sermon. <laughs> I can't talk about how we need to listen to other people and talk about how we need to listen to the Holy Spirit in the same week. There was just no way. Maybe it's just because I speak too much. Okay, I get it. It's ironic. But I just, there's no way I could do it. And so I had to choose one or the other, kind of a pathway to go. And so I want to tell you that I ended up, this is probably apropos, this is probably right, but I ended up, we're going to talk about how to listen to the Holy Spirit, how to listen better to God today. That's what we're going to talk about. But let me say this before we get into that. I couldn't leave the other sermon completely. (laughs) So let me say this. We as human beings need to get a lot better at listening to people, at hearing them, literally trying to walk in their shoes. Never before in human history have we had a better opportunity to be able to speak and to have an audience. I can pull out this device right here And I can have an audience of hundreds or maybe even thousands depending on what I say and how I say it. Never before in human history have we had the opportunity to have an audience like now. And so that is a good thing in that we can hear a lot of things. It's a bad thing in that we have 7.7 billion people on the planet and every one of them can be our advisor. And that's not always good. Right? There's a lot of voices in the world, but let me just say this, that we need to get better at hearing people's stories because can I be honest, even though we have more opportunity to speak than ever before, I think that no one is listening. And some of you might say, well, I'm listening. I watch YouTube all the time. 
I scroll on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat all the time. I'm listening to everybody. Can I just say this? Can I be honest? And I think we all know this deep down, but maybe we haven't realized it. I realized it this week. I don't think we're actually listening. I think we're consuming. That's different than listening. You know what I'm saying? Me watching a soundbite of somebody talk on YouTube or whatever else, I'm consuming. I'm not actually getting to know them. I'm just listening and hearing what they're saying. I think we need to start hearing more stories, less consuming, more listening. In fact, I think we need less content, more compassion. You guys hear me on that? Less content, more compassion. Less information, more inspiration. So, you guys know where that message could have gone, right? <laughs> we, uh, we could have gone there for quite a while, but I'm going to leave that because today what I want to do is I want to kind of turn the corner and I want to talk about this phrase, speak less, listen more. And I want to talk about listening to God, listening to the Holy Spirit and what he has to say. So this, this really cool story in God's word in the Bible, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, if, you're, if you like to kind of follow along and see the words, the verbiage in front of you on your phone or in your Bible, go ahead and turn there. You can do that. 1 Samuel chapter 3 is where we're going to be today. And there's this cool story, and it's about really two guys. It's about this guy named Eli, who is the chief priest of Israel. So he's kind of like the head honcho over the religious organization, right? He's the guy that serves in the tabernacle, which is a portable church building. He serves in the tabernacle. Eli is the chief priest of Israel. And then there's this boy named Samuel who serves in the tabernacle, and he specifically and directly serves Eli in the work that Eli does on behalf of God, all right? So you have Eli, the chief priest, and you have Samuel, this boy that serves him, serves God, but serves directly to Eli, okay? And so I'm gonna read this story in its entirety in 1 Samuel chapter three, and then we're gonna go back and unpack it, all right? So let's listen to the story. Again, 1 Samuel chapter three, starting with verse two. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Now, let me just pause here for a moment. That's a weird phrase. Like, why did they put that in the story? This is giving you context of time. Now, this was written in the time of Israel, so they would have understood what this is saying. What this is saying is the lamp of God was lit at the, in the evening before the sun went down so that it would be lit all night long. It was kind of to symbolize God's presence throughout the evening that God's presence never ended and so they would light the lamp of God and it would be lit in the evening and then it would stay lit they would light it long enough so it would stay lit until morning until the sun came up if that makes sense and so what this is telling this is very simply giving us timing this tells us that it was still nighttime but it was probably the wee hours of the morning because the lamp had not yet gone out it had been lit for a while so it's probably long into the night, maybe early, early morning, maybe even just before dawn. Okay, so it's still dark, still nighttime. That's the context, right? So everybody's still sleeping. All right, so the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? 
I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. By the way, this is a conversation I've had with my own children. Not so much the Lord speaking part, more of the go back to bed part, right? So you kind of get that, that kind of drift, right? Eli's sleeping, he's like, go back to bed, Samuel, right? Did you call me? I didn't call you either, but go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Eli is really patient, by the way. I would have been a little more stern, but anyway. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again, and if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Interesting story, isn't it? This is one of those stories that we definitely get in kids' class, children's ministry classes, but we don't typically talk about here. So the question I want to answer today is, what can we learn, what should we learn about listening to God from this story? There's a lot of key things in there. In fact, there's probably more than I have to share with you today, but we'll go with the ones that I have marked down. So let's start with the first one. The first one that we learn, the first thing we learn about listening to God is that God's message is faithful and consistent. God's message is always faithful and it's always consistent. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that God will never contradict himself. God will never, contra- God will never tell you one thing and say, hey, you need to be about this, and this is good, and I love all people and this, and then he's going to come over here and speak to this, and actually, I don't like those people, and I don't like those people. I just so you. God's never going to contradict himself in how he speaks to you and to I. He might speak to us differently in different ways and in different formats, but his message is always going to be consistent. He's never going to contradict himself. And it's always going to be faithful in that it's always going to be there. God's going to never just kind of like, eh, they aren't getting it. I'm out and leave. God's going to never leave us and say, man, they didn't get the first time. He didn't, he didn't walk away. How many times did he call Samuel in the story? Four times, didn't he? Right? God called four times to Samuel. And, and, and it's like, okay, Samuel didn't get it. Samuel thought it was Eli, right? And so Samuel is, is hearing something, but God knows he's not getting it yet. And so God continues to call out to them. In fact, you know, it's kind of like that person. You guys know these people. Do you guys have this person in your life who they call you all the time? They have to talk to you at times. Like they call you and if they, and they, and they call you and you know, the phone rings and you're like, uh, no. Anybody ever do that? I'll admit I've done it. I've done it. I know I'm a pastor. I know I shouldn't, but I do. I'm like, oh, that just made, brought my day down a notch. Right. Right. And then, and then what do you do? You either let it ring or you ignore, but if you ignore, then it's shorter and they know you clicked off of that. 
you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You're like, oh, just let it ring. And like, I don't want them to know I'm ignoring them, but I'm ignoring them. And then, and then how many of you have this person in your life that some people, like if you don't pick it up, they call you again. Oh, no, please. And then if you don't answer again, what do they do? They text you. <laughs> hey, I tried to call you. Yeah, I know, I'm ignoring you. I think we do that to God. I think we do that to God. I think God, his message is always there. He's constantly pulling and, and speaking and drawing and saying, hey, I've got some good stuff for you. Can, can we hang out for just a bit? Hey, I want to just share this. And we're like, ah, I've got a lot of emails. Like, I got stuff to do. The, the boat is waiting. Like, I've got, I've got to go. And God's like, click, ignore, and we're gone. I think this is what was, you know, a little bit that we see that God's message is going to be consistent and faithful. And the question is, are we going to lean in and are we going to listen? Because his message is always faithful. It's always consistent. In fact, I didn't put this word on the notes. I realized after I gave it to the person that types it up, that would be my wife in this case, that I should have put another word in there as well. Consistent and faithful and persistent. God pursues you. He will always pursue you. The question is, will you allow him to catch you? So God's faithful and consistent and he will keep coming back and giving you this message. Um, so a lot of you know that Laura and I were public school teachers before I became a pastor. And, uh, and, and she taught third grade, I taught high school. And it was a few years into that that God called me out of teaching and into full-time ministry as a pastor. And, uh, and so I remember the first time God kind of started speaking me this, this whole message to me. I didn't know that it was necessarily, I kind of did, uh, and maybe I was running from it. In fact, honestly, I think a little bit I was. I was kind of like Jonah. I was like, God said, hey, I need you to do this. And I'm like, eh, no thanks, you know, I'm going this way. And, and, and so there was a little bit of me wrestling and running from God, ignore on the phone, like I just said, I, I, I did this, I've done this. Okay, so I'm not just speaking to you, I, I, I've been there. And so it was in a worship service, Laura and I were sitting there, and I didn't hear anything that was done in the worship service because God was just downloading. He was taking my soul and he was flipping it over, right? And he was making me feel totally like nothing was right in my life. Not because of sin or anything, but he's just like, hey, I have something different for you and you're not in it yet. And my soul was all flipped over. And nobody else knew. Laura didn't even know. I was sitting right next to her. She didn't even know. I was just, he was just turning my soul over. And he was speaking to me. And he was showing me some things. And he, he's like, I have something different than what you're doing right now. And I heard it, but I didn't listen. You hear what I'm saying? I didn't hear it audibly. Like, I just knew he was speaking to me. And then it was a few days later. I was sitting in the driveway with uh, my father-in-law, with Laura's dad. And he was sitting there and I was telling him what was going on a few days earlier in this service. And I was explaining it. And he said, hey, Brent, do you think that maybe God is calling you into the ministry? If I were going to be honest, in that moment, I really felt like he was. But I said to my father-in-law, you know, maybe, but I don't know. I was pushing back. 
But God kept on it over the next several months. We're talking months here, right? Samuel got it in one night, right, in the story. It took me months. That's how far away I am from Samuel and Eli. And God, like, I've got a long ways to go. And so God kept coming back, coming back. He kept speaking to me, speaking to me. And it finally got so loud. Literally, you understand, not in volume, but in just intensity. God was like, Brent, do you not understand? I'm trying to get a hold of you. Will you take my call? And listen to me. And so finally got so loud, so intense, I told Laura, she probably remembers this day, I said, Laura, I need to, I need to spend a day away from all people and go spend it with God and just listen to him. And, uh, and so I took the only day that I had, I had Saturday. I, we taught Monday through Friday and I led worship as a volunteer at the church that we were at because I wasn't, you know, we, I wasn't in full-time ministry. And so I led uh, worship as a volunteer at this church. And so Sunday was, so Saturday was my day. That was the only day I had. And so Saturday I left and I listened to God and I asked God two questions at the beginning of that day. This is what I did. I asked God and I said, God, this is your day. I am going to shut up. <laughs> he probably was like, whoa. Obviously, I still work miracles, <laughs> right? I'm going to shut up. I'm not going to say anything, I, I, you know, and I just, and I have two questions for you, God, today. You can answer them or you can leave them. I, it doesn't matter. This is for you to speak, but these are the, I want to be clear about the questions I'm asking. And I said, God, I'm asking you, am I called into full-time ministry? Do you want me to be a pastor for the rest of my life? I'm asking you that question. And then if so, the second question is, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Right, because I was living in North Carolina at the time. I asked him these two questions. Well, at the end of the day, I won't get into the details of the story. If you want that, I can tell you later. But God made it abundantly clear that day, you are called into full ministry. You're going to be a pastor for the rest of your life. Made it abundantly clear. He didn't say anything about the second question, by the way, until a year later. He said nothing about it until a year later. And so God will be consistent. God is calling you guys to something. He's calling every one of you to something. The question is, are you listening? Will you listen? Will you hear it? Will you follow it? The second thing we learn about listening to God from this story is this. Listening takes practice and relationship. Listening takes practice and relationship. Did you notice that Samuel worked in the tabernacle? I mentioned the tabernacle just a moment ago. The tabernacle was basically this portable church building. That's what it was. It's where Israel would go to make their sacrifices and worship God on a regular basis. And so Samuel served in the church, in the tabernacle. But here's the interesting thing. And this is going to sound a little bit weird. But Samuel knew all about God. But let me tell you this. Samuel didn't know God. Samuel knew all about God, but Samuel didn't know God. Some of you are skeptical right now. Let me go back to verse 7. Do you remember what it said in verse 7? Listen to what it says. It says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Samuel didn't know God. He knew all about God, but Samuel didn't know God. Here's the thing. We, in American Christianity, we have a little bit of this problem. We can have people that work in and for the church, like paid by the church to be there. We can have people attend church their whole life. They can know everything there is to know possibly about God, 
but not know God. There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God, being in relationship with him. And sometimes the reason we don't hear God is actually very simple. We don't like to admit this. We're like, ah, but I I haven't been hearing God. You know what the problem is when we're not hearing God? It's not God. It's that we're not listening. We're not looking for him. So you guys know that there's this new car out there, this new brand of cars called the Tesla. Anybody ever heard of the Tesla? I'm sure you have, right? That's what everybody's talking about. Well, let me tell you, my children, anytime we go and drive in, you know, in our vehicle together as a family, you know what they're looking for now? They're, they're, they're trying to find Teslas. They love seeing Teslas. It's like a, like a hide-and-seek, search-and-find, right? Whenever we're driving. So I'll be driving along, you know, doing my typical dad, like, uh, how are we doing back there? You know, whatever. Stupor, right, in the family, driving along. And all of a sudden, I'll hear one of my kids from the back go, Tesla! What? Oh, yeah. Oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah, very good. Right? And then they'll say a few minutes later, Tesla, there's another one, you know. And, and it's funny because when they started doing this, you know what happened? We start seeing Teslas everywhere. Like, they're all over the place. There's not that many of them, but they're everywhere. You know why we started seeing a ton of Teslas? Because we're looking for them. You want to find God? You want to hear God? Start looking for him. Listen for God. Ask God to speak to you. Ask God to be clear. Ask God to be loud in your life. If you're not asking God to do that, he is, he's there. But the barrier's not God, the barrier's you. It's like we've got a drum shield around your soul. God's speaking, but you can't hear it because you've drowned him out. Are you listening? Are you looking for God? If you are, you'll find him because he wants to be found, right? It's not, uh, yeah, anyway, he wants to be found. It's not, we kind of get this idea that, <laughs> this is what I thought about, that, that, you know, in this story with Samuel, that God is like over in the corner of the tabernacle and he's like, Hey, Angel Gabriel, come over here. Check this out. Sam is going to think it's Eli. Samuel! And then he runs over behind the altar. <laughs> Samuel! <laughs> Got him again, you know? Like, like oh, I, mean, I mean, seriously, though, like, I think we think that God is playing hide-and-seek. He's not going to show himself or reveal himself in, in the clouds or, like, in our plate of spaghetti or whatever. It's like, come on, I need to see God. Like, show me, God. Tell me exactly what you want. And God is saying, I am. You're just not listening. I'm clear. Hear me. God's not trying to hide from us. He wants to be found. He wants us to know him and to be known. Third thing that we learn about listening to God. Sometimes God speaks through other people. I'm not going to spend a very long time on this at all because this one I think is pretty obvious. But go back to verse 8. This is right after God has called the third time to Samuel. Verse 8 says, Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. (laughs) Right? Light bulb moment, Eli's like, uh oh, oh, Samuel, I know what's going on now. So that's God. <laughs> and so next time, don't wake me up. No, he didn't say that. Right? Eli's like, Samuel, go back and you know, do this. And so sometimes, let me just be honest about this. I've needed this in my life. 
all the time. Sometimes we need other people to point us to God's voice, to give us discernment. And I want to, word of caution here. This is really important. Don't let any other human being replace God's voice in your life. Hear me on this. Don't ever let anybody else replace God's voice in your life. Eli was not God's voice. Eli pointed Samuel to God's voice. That's a different thing. Sometimes we need people to point us to God's voice. Fourth thing that we learn about this is God uses solitude and rest to speak. God uses solitude and rest to speak. When Eli realized that it was God speaking to Samuel, just, just hear this. What did Eli say to Samuel? What did he tell him to do? Did he say, oh man, Samuel, God is speaking to you. He's starting to light a fire in you. This is going to be awesome. I need you to go out and start doing ministry. Like, go get it done. I, I need you to, to light some more lamps. I need you to go get the altar prepared for the day. Like, Samuel, get up and get going. No, did he say that? No, he didn't say that. Did he say, hey, I need you to do some good for some people. Let's go collect food for the food pantry. Samuel, let's do this. This is going to be awesome. Like, let's go and do that. Did he say to do that? No, he didn't. Did he say, Samuel, you need to just start praying. Just start praying and then God will speak. When you start praying, God is going to speak. Did he say that? No, he didn't say that. What did Eli say to Samuel? Do you remember what he said? Look back at verse 9. So Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. In other words, he said, Samuel, go back, do nothing, just listen. Listen. Quiet. Stop. Laura and I used to watch this show called Survivor. You guys have watched that or heard of this. Um, and one of the favorite things about this show, Survivor, is that they had these challenges in the TV show. And what they would do is there's one, this one particular challenge where they would divide the tribes into three different teams. And, uh, and then they would blindfold the, the members of those teams and they would tie two people's legs together. You know, the whole three-legged race thing, right? And they would tie two people's legs together and then they would blindfold them. They made it as hard as possible. Yes, that's what they were doing. And they tie these people together, then they blindfold them and then they chose a person from each team, each of the three teams, to be the callers. And they would stick these three people up on three different platforms that looked down on this huge obstacle course where they had to direct the people, the callers had to direct their teammates who were tied together and blindfolded to get through this obstacle course and grab these items to bring back so they could finish this puzzle and, and win the challenge. And so you just imagine this, you've got several people down in the sand trying to navigate this, tied together, blindfolded, three different callers calling to several different groups of people on their team all at the same time. No, go here, turn left. No, not quite that left. Turn a little bit more of that. And it is just pure crazy chaos. A whole bunch of yelling is what it is. And as you would imagine, people get hurt in this challenge. Like they're running into logs and they're tripping over each other and they slam into their face. Like people, usually there's blood at the end of this challenge. Some of you are like, why are you watching this show? You're just weird. Well, anyway. But this, 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 this challenge was just pure chaos. Let me ask you why. Why was it pure chaos? It's because there were too many voices. 
The team members couldn't hear the right voice to understand where they're supposed to go. And if they were hearing that voice, that voice was needing to direct them while they were tied together, blindfolded, and all these other voices, they couldn't hear it clearly. This is the first of two things I hope, if you get anything, I hope you catch this. I don't think it's going to be very easy and maybe even possible for you to hear God without some silence and solitude in your life. Because we need it to drown out and simmer all the other voices that we're hearing on a constant daily basis. Can I give you one thing that I, could, I believe will change your life dramatically? Put a regular routine daily and or weekly where you sit or you go somewhere. You can hike, you can move. Some of you are like, I can't sit. Okay, cool. Just go somewhere where you're going to be quiet. You're not going to listen to music. It's going to be silence and you're going to allow God's voice to speak to you and tell you who you are. I believe that that will dramatically change your life. I believe it will. I encourage you to do that. I encourage people to do that all the time. Listening requires silence and solitude. All right, the last thing that we learn, listening requires availability. Listening requires availability. So the, there's four times that God speaks, right? And right after God speaks to Samuel the first or that fourth time, Samuel has the only right response that we should ever have when God speaks in our life. Listen to what he says. And the Lord came, verse 10, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel, listen to what he says. Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. In other words, Samuel's saying, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear what you have to say. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. He was available. He was available. In fact, this is the second thing that if you catch nothing else, I hope you catch this. This is really important. Listening has less to do with your ears and more to do with your heart. Listening has far less to do with your ears and far more to do with your posture, your surrender your availability, your openness. Because I think there's a lot of people that they either don't hear God or they hear God and they want nothing to do with it. God is speaking. But are we listening? And my guess is when you hear God, you're not going to hear him with ease. You know how many times I've heard God physically with my ears? One time in my life. Maybe I just need to get better. <laughs> Maybe I need to grow a lot more. That's quite possible. But I've heard God audibly one time in my life. Every other time that he's been exceptionally clear, it's been right to my heart, right to my soul. 
Are you open? Are you available for what God is saying and what he wants to do? I'll leave you with this. The only thing God ever wanted from you is all of you. The only thing God ever wants from you is all of you. That's it. You can't give him all of you if you haven't released all of you. And you can't release all of you until you listen for God to show you how to do it. So I'll leave you with my dad's words because it's a great reminder. Speak less, listen more. Let's pray. God, it's good to be in your house today. Even though I know this is, I fully recognize this is a village center. This is a gymnasium. But today, because of why we're gathered, how we're gathered, the reason we're gathered, we are here to glorify you, worship you, focus on you, listen to you listen for you. So as we are here in your house, our Father's house, God's house, as the body of Christ, Lord, my prayer, my request, my ask today is very simply this, that as you speak, I know you're speaking, God. I, I, I know you've been speaking all week to me. I know you've been speaking all week to each person that is here from the youngest to the oldest, from the person who is the most filled with faith today and they just couldn't have more faith today to the person who has little to maybe they have no faith in you at all today. And everywhere in between, God, you, I know you have been speaking to them in some way, shape or form, some message. You are drawing them. You desire them to be in relationship with you. And if they're already in relationship with you, you are desiring them to go deeper in relationship with you, to be more intimate, to be more transparent, to be more open, to be more forgiven by you. But God, it's so hard, we admit, it's so hard to listen and to hear you when there's a hundred thousand other voices in our life every day it seems like. So help us to listen to you. Help us to talk less. Help us to, to stop praying and talking at you and instead talk to you and then to just be pausing and stopping and silent and listen for your voice in our life. Because we need you more than anything else in this world. Help us to speak less and listen more. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Would you stand as we finish?